this is Jeff, and we're talking with Rob. We're at robscott.com, and uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about the familiar, um, how people live in their familiar um, lives, and how that can sometimes be a little bit limiting, and how we can master understanding um, what we're doing with ourselves when we're living familiar. So, Rob, could you, could you take us into a maybe a story about that? Yeah, it's um, it's like this. There's a core uh, sort of mindset that we there's a base assumption that we have. Um, that that life is a certain way, and what I'm going to try and expose today is that there's this very different way to look if we want to get out of like uh, that stuck feeling of like I can't change my life, I can't do the big thing. So I want to describe a, a really pretty horrific scene. I talk about this a lot, and I, I think it's a really interesting concept. You know, why does a woman who is getting abused, right? Imagine being a woman, you're married to uh, a large alcoholic man who comes home and beats you, okay? Just no uncertain terms, uh, degrades you, emotionally scares you, uh, you know, makes you feel guilty about stuff, right? Just you're in an abusive situation. This happens sadly all the time. Um, and so, you know, there's battered women. And so we wonder, why does this battered woman, the, the, eventually someone calls the police because it's loud and the, the guy goes to jail for a little while, the batter woman has an opportunity to leave, and so often they don't leave. In fact, they might even get support from, you know, a government agency or something. You know, a social worker comes in and says, look, leave. Like, here's the way to do it and all that. So many times they don't leave. Well, why don't they leave, right? There's a, there's a core reason for this. And what I want to expose is that we think that the basic motivational drive of human beings is to avoid pain, and to move toward pleasure. So we can almost say that this talk is about mastering kind of pain and pleasure and, and, and how we get stuck in these limits because we, we think we're moving away from pain and toward pleasure. But if we break our mind into the conscious part and the unconscious part, the very, very powerful subconscious, the subconscious is not actually as interested in pleasure as we might assume, right? Our conscious mind yeah. likes pleasure a lot. Go ahead. We were talking a little while ago. We did a talk. You were talking. The subconscious is looking to survive. Yeah. Um, so, in, in that sense, wouldn't wouldn't the woman subconsciously be trying to get free? I mean, right. I don't understand there because you're saying that she's trying to stick to her familiar surroundings, but at the same time, subconsciously, she must be trying to survive. Well, right. So there's this problem of, um, you know, and by the way, those that do leave, part of it is that they actually feel like their life is in danger, and so once that switches. They, they will leave uh, sometimes, right? But the reason they stay is that it's not pain versus pleasure. It's actually pain versus familiarity. Uh, we're trying to avoid pain, uh, right, in whatever way we understand it, and, and to some degree move toward familiarity. The, the problem is, is that often the familiar is fairly painful, and we, we don't leave. So let, let's, let's make this a little more tangible. The woman doesn't leave because the unknown of leaving and maybe having to pay her own bills and where she's going to go and what's the new social structure and is this guy going to hunt me down. Leaving, she doesn't know what's going to happen. It's unfamiliar. And in, in it being unfamiliar, it's a worse option than staying, okay? And so the metaphor here is how in your own life are you staying? Are you putting up with what's comfortable and known, right? Um, and by that, I mean it's just known, right? A lot of our comfort zones that we get that we stay in, that we sort of do, is much more because we know it and not because it's comfortable, 
right? But because it's familiar, we are okay with it. And what I'm going to explain is that our, our subconscious mind, to survive, prefers the familiar. It prefers things that have already happened. It already knows it because new things are potentially dangerous. And so opportunities to change in our life, opportunities to leave a job that you know you're stuck. You just, you know, it's not your highest thing, uh, you know, but you know what? It pays the bills. It, it's like enough. And so it's comfortable. Okay. It might be incredibly over time uncomfortable, but we can get kind of conditioned to stay in these incredibly uncomfortable situations like a, a battered woman just because the alternative is unknown and different and unfamiliar. And in that, it's strange, it's different, and our fear of the different is greater than our ability to withstand the familiar. Okay, And if we, if we are surviving, to relate it to that other talk we did, if we're surviving, if that's happening for us, then we choose it. Uh, you know, just in a huge percentage of time. So the outliers, the people that are exceptional, the people that do it, end up mastering or rewarding or having their subconscious trained, which is what we do in, in our courses, right, is train the subconscious to take and to normalize what is really an incre a much safer, better option of expansion and growth and all this stuff. And then we're set on autopilot so that we choose it automatically, and it's fun, and it's expressed, and it's happy. And, you know, what happens if this woman leaves? I'm sure there are stories where it's gone bad, but many, many times, you know, they have a much richer life because they get away from that constant, horrible, abusive addiction and all that different stuff, right? They change their yeah, life. As, as you said, addiction, I mean, is that kind of, you know, it, it feels like it all relates, like being having a familiar habit, you know, having a familiar being familiar with what you do with yourself, and then so suddenly you're stuck into a habit, like builds a habit, and then you're stuck in your habit. Um, and and I mean, is that the relationship to habits and, and addictions? It's because it's, it's familiar to you, and you're kind of stuck in that familiar. It's it's absolutely a huge part of it. I love that tangent. It's phenomenal. One of one of the things I really want to stand for in this world is kind of widening um, the understanding of what addiction is. And taking it down from the kind of uh, the idea that it's just alcoholism or it's just heroin or whatever. That's exactly what I was just thinking in my head. You know, addiction is so much more. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no. It's totally great. Um, but like widening that to how is the normal socially okay person, how are they using addiction in their life in a much, you know, it's a much more maintainable way. But what, what the problem is is that with a lower threshold of pain, let's say we're addicted to coffee or TV or maybe we're addicted to procrastinating. We're addicted to avoiding doing the big things that we have this story of I'm not I can't do it that's not going to succeed so we bounce off we have this huge desire to do it we're dying to get it done but we're addicted to TV at night because it just kind of gets us through the night and I'm throwing, a, I'm throwing a lot of air quotes today I don't know why but like whatever it gets us through the night right and and because of that we end up choosing it because it's more comfortable and again, addiction is more than just craving. It is craving and all that, but it's it's a it's an inability to feel joy and pleasure in the moment. And so our own uh, challenge of feeling uncomfortable when we're challenged to grow or challenged to do new things, we end up choosing an easier thing, quote unquote easier, right? Again, verbal air quotes there. Uh, and you know, we we and that's an addiction, right? Absolutely to your point. And so addictive quoting. We yeah, I am today apparently we but we. We sit with, um, ha you talked about habits, and it's really important because we are endlessly habitual creatures very much because of what I'm talking about. Because on our subconscious and our, just our big, powerful subconscious brain chooses what we know and what we've already done. So one of the largest advantages in life is to 
uh, manage your habits, right? And so part of what we do in the core, part of what we do in, in different programs and when I coach people is I train them how to train their subconscious to have a different habit, to have a higher level habit, not only once, but learning the skill to be able to do that in any situation, which I really consider becoming free, right? If you can master um, new behaviors, new what's, what's attractive, so much so that you uh, train your subconscious to choose that instead, that, that's literally what becoming a new person, having a new yeah. identity, having a new life is. It's a much more expressed thing. So you make, you make jogging the familiar for your body. I mean, that's what you do. That's what you know. All of a sudden, you're getting healthy. You're getting active. You're, you're taking better care of yourself. And it, just because you made it familiar um, or, you know, you changed, and it changes your habit. Again, familiar is the habit. It changes, you know, what you do. And suddenly, it's ingrained in you. So yeah. that's, that's really cool. I mean, that's, yeah. that's fascinating stuff. So, um What's interesting is that this, um, how do you normalize for yourself and make safe what you want to become? Because most of what we want to become is either we have a belief or a thought that it's uh, annoying, it's going to be difficult. Uh, a lot of us want more money, but the thought of making it, it's going to be too complex and hard to do. Um, the thought of working out is like, ugh, my body hates that, I don't want to do it. If you can normalize that and change some of those beliefs and thoughts about it, right, switch that stuff up, uh, when you do that, the subconscious chooses it because I guarantee people that successfully work out and all that, that's not how they think. That's not their mindset on what working out is. People who have successful businesses, they love being an entrepreneur. They love the challenge of dealing with that complexity. And so somebody who hates it, right, it's unfamiliar, it's scary. They have all these stories about how bad it's going to be, right? That has to get repatterned in a way that you make familiar this so different thing. When you say normalize or get familiar, I mean, you're, you're basically saying the person that's working out, they're not thinking about, okay, i got to work out. They haven't done that. They, at some point they did, but they've got it to a point now that it's just it's what they do because they, they, from within it's what they want to do. It's natural. It's normal is what you're saying, normalizing it. So now it's just part of their life. It's a, it's a way for them, and it's not something they're, they're mastering in their mind anymore. It's just it's just it's what they do. Absolutely, it becomes a part of their identity. We've talked about shifting identity, and yeah. for somebody who's successful at that, it's their way of being. Not only that, they're happy about it. In fact, many of them get to the point where they they're sad if they don't get to do it. Right. So taking somebody who hates working out. Even the idea of somebody that like adores it, it's like that guy's almost an alien. He's like a freak. Like, I, how do you even do that? And the question is, how much do we resist becoming that other person because we want to stay in our familiar, right? And right. the real main part of the talk today is that um, we can talk about this consciously, but what's going on behind the scenes in your unconscious is that there is a constant preference toward familiar, a constant preference. And I use the dramatic example of the woman who's being beaten to kind of show that, but it's in everything that we do. And so why is it so hard to habituate new stuff? It's because that habit, it feels unfamiliar, feels dangerous, we don't like it, we have a different story about it, and it's not normal, it's not us yet. And so in that, it takes willpower to do it if you're going to try it that way, or the other way is to go internally, change how you, how you see it, and then it's instant, right? Then it's like a, a true identity shift, and, and you feel it. Habits work but you need to apply will and do all that stuff. Um, and the best is when you do it both ways, internally, addressing your subconscious, and externally uh, through the habits and the setup of what the structure and the ecology of your life is. Wow. That's uh, that's very strong stuff, man. I mean, I mean, 
learning how to control that and get into something that's familiar, that's a positive for somebody, that's 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 life changing, right? Yeah. Um, I guess you know I'm even thinking like overeating and stuff is is, is because it's familiar to somebody that that's how they eat. This is what they do. Not even the craving of it, just they're probably familiar with eating a lot of food, and that's that's part of their life, and that's part of the way they are. And changing that could be huge impact for someone that's an overeater. It's it's what's normal, right? It's like right. I, mean, I it's what I do. Not only that, in the in the choice of what's on the plate, to how much is on the plate, to how often you eat, to whatever, right? The or way, someone doesn't speak up for themselves. Someone who just who never gets into a conflict with someone because I, I don't do that. I don't get into conflicts. I don't speak up for myself because that's not what I do. Um, you're almost talking yourself out of uh, expressing yourself as a human being. I mean. I totally see where this is like, this is, I mean, everything we talk about is kind of all related, obviously, um, with what we do. So, but like, you know, letting the familiar drive your life is, you know, is a limit, is a limiting belief, right? It's not a belief, but it's, it's a limit to your own self, right? I think it, well, it's a mindset, right? And so, you mindset. know, to, to some degree, it is, it, it's the way our mind works, right? Sort of naturally. Right. And so how do we, how do we hack that? And how do we alter that to our best advantage and the world's best advantage, right? Like so, right. using every cutting edge understanding of how we work, how do you go in and and what is change really about? And so, what what you're really just kind of alluding to is that this is everything, and we'll, we'll keep coming back and saying this. It's how you eat. It's how you invest money. It's how you are as an employee. It's how you are as a lover. It's how it's it's the whole game, right? Your own filters, your own stuff, your own preference for familiarity. All that um, is what we're up against, and there's, there's until you address it, you're to a great degree a puppet to those settings, right? And so, so unless you're, you're lifting the veil, you're saying this is the reason why you take your step back into your normalcy. This right. Is why you go back to what you've always done? You're trying to change it. This is why you always fall back. You're right. familiar with, with where that is. And more than that, you know, there's a, there's also a preference for as we sort of age, you you notice that politically uh, progressive people are usually younger and, you know, grr, like change the system. They're a little bit more excited about change. As we get older, that usually, right, changes to some degree and we start to feel more conservative and all that. Um, a big idea, not to open up a whole other idea as we go, um, it, it's just related we all have a natural, and I don't just mean politically. In fact, I almost don't mean politically at all. But we all have this natural um, dichotomy of a base sense of conservatism, meaning that we really want things to kind of stay the same. Because if they're the same, I can learn how to manipulate them. I can learn how to become predictive, right? If they're massively different all the time, if my life, if changes, if people are completely erratic, like if somebody's like, I love you, and then they punch me in the face, I don't have any kind of, that's too scary. <laughs> like it's, it's too... It's more it's, than scary, man. That's just weird. Right. Well, it's funny. I mean, like when I used to be, uh, I, I used to speak with a phenomenal counselor, one of my great mentors, a guy at the time, I knew him as Roger Holm. He goes by Will Holm now. Phenomenal guy. Um, we used to talk, and, and uh, you know, you're you're addicted. I'm going in to talk to him about it, deal with some of that stuff, and, and he gave me the story. He said, if you left your house ten times, and four of those times you got punched dead in the face, right, uh, would you change the way you left your house? And and if you then went out another hundred times and just did it the exact same way, and four out of ten times you're getting punched in the face, wouldn't you, like, learn to do something differently? Well, somebody who's an addict, right, doesn't, 
part of the addiction is that they they're they're having all these horrible things happen. They might not happen every time, but they happen. And and you're not changing anything. You keep behaving the same way. And of course, that's the standard definition of insanity, right? Like doing, uh, knowing that you're getting this certain result and doing it the same way every every time, right? Right. Um, this this idea. I want to come back and just we'll wrap up on this. The the conservative kind of nature of safety of familiarity um, is interesting. And then we have desires, which says I want change, but I want change that I control. I want change that I kind of do. So it's this level of like safety and growth kind of together, and that's what we're stuck well, in. What is that? It's like okay, so you're saying subconsciously I want familiar. But then I want change. I know I want something different, right? What is that? What is that that's saying I want something different? If my subconscious is saying I'd rather just be over here where it's nice and safe, um, but what what is the part that's driving that's bringing saying I want the change? Is that not your subconscious? I mean, what is that? Who's battling there? What's battling? Well, I mean, that's much more, right, and this is a huge oversimplification. Anytime that we're talking, hey, this is an emotional level, hey, this is a body level, they're useful for talking, um, and these are just models, okay? What I'm suggesting here is that that desire is much more conscious. We feel it, right? That's that's who we think we are. That's that's the self that I'm... That's the conscious level you're saying? I'm saying that... I'm sorry, say that again, buddy? So are you saying more on a conscious level is the part that's saying, hey, I would like to change. I want this. I want something different. But subconsciously, it's back over here going, no, I, I just, I like to be over here in my corner by myself. Well, check it. I don't know if they want to be in the corner by themselves, but check check in with yourself right now, right? Are you aware of changes you'd like to make in your life? Are you aware of the desire for more money, for yeah. more happiness, for more, um, you know, uh, fulfillment, all that, right? That desire to change is a very conscious thing, and it's incredibly important. We want to, uh, you, we need to grow, right? Like, and so they, they both matter. All right. I'm suggesting, the, the main kind of idea in this talk is that we are much more set on an unconscious level. You, it, it's difficult to even feel it because it's the unconscious narrative behind everything. Uh, to a great degree, familiarity has this in, in, incredible uh, survival advantage. Right, the yeah. guy that was just kooky and did anything died because he fell off a cliff. Okay, and so we didn't get his genes, we didn't get his ideas, we lost that genetically. And the people that played some middle ground of safety and change, right, allow for growth. And uh, as a whole, we are very much set to staying in the familiar and staying in what we know because in in our choice day to day, if I'm going to go do something crazy. Um, not that some people aren't wired that way and haven't had much success, but they've normalized for their subconscious that change is a good thing. I'm suggesting that most of us are set on this base thing of change is dangerous, so yes. let's let's stay uh, familiar. Let's I, stay I would safe. agree with that for sure. Okay, so, so, so yeah. No, I just want to keep these ideas pretty tight, so I want to start winding it up. The yeah. base idea here is that we think that it's pain versus pleasure as a motivational drive for us. It's actually much more... Uh, we're trying to avoid pain as best we understand it, but to do so to stay in the familiar. And often the familiar is a much more dull pain, right? We, I think it was Thoreau who said, you know, right, we're all living these lives of quiet desperation. And so as we're living these lives of quiet desperation, our conscious mind wants this huge jump and change. We have these dreams of being wildly rich, these dreams of different relationships or new jobs or becoming an entrepreneur or whatever it is. And yet 
our everyday choices to not do the hard thing to make that happen because you know what? It's just, I understand this. It's safer. This isn't that bad. And that goes as far as people that are in abusive relationships and things like that. They can still be telling themselves, well, this is still better than taking that risk. So to make the jump, to make the change takes a, a change in either conscious attention on stretching your edges, but what's the most effective is getting in and editing the subconscious. It's editing that narrative, normalizing a different change and changing your identity, and that can happen in an instant. And so, um, you know, that's primarily what uh, we do in the core. Uh, anybody that's interested should get into that. And uh, you know, as long as that makes sense, I think that's a good that's a good wrap for. Yeah, everyone. no, that's, that's awesome. I, 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 you know, obviously when we're doing these talks, I kind of go a little bit too far into things. I like to go. I like to really kind of expand it when I'm talking to you. Cause it's awesome stuff. I'm sure. You know, a lot of people um, listening to us get a lot out of this as well and, and, and kind of come at it from my perspective because obviously, you know, I haven't spent years and years studying the stuff like you have, but just becoming more aware of it by talking with you has been amazing. And, and people out there that are listening, like Rob said, if, if you guys want to check out something that can seriously change your life, um, go to robscott.com forward slash before. Check it out. Take a look at it. It's, it's something that's it's it's a life changer. It's something that you get to start today and before you know it, you're making serious impact on the quality of your life. Awesome. Yeah, check that out. There's good information about what's in it. Uh, other people have had the experience of it. And, uh, you know, take a second to go check that out. Uh, yeah. So we'll wrap this up right here. My brother Jeff, I, uh, I deeply Always appreciate it. Always a pleasure, you, man. my man. Always yeah, a man. pleasure. Love awesome. It. All right, I'll talk to you in the next one, dude. Have a good one. All right, later.